Hello everyone, welcome to Dark Spider Cast episode 5-4, I believe, and pardon if I get I go through the pleasantries just a little bit briefly and I also keep the episode potentially kind of short, and I mean potentially because I feel like whenever I say, oh yeah, this sorry if this is a short episode or anything like that, I'm always kind of thinking in advance and I'm always thinking in a very... Uh, how do I put it? Like, I'm always kind of just trying to think of all the possibilities of what could happen as far... Because sometimes when I type things out on the Google Doc, it doesn't look as big as it ends up being. Like, sometimes it's only a couple of bullet points, and then it ends up being a whole discussion. And then other times there's a bunch of bullet points, but then I end up truncating an awful lot of my thoughts. Uh, I finally managed to use the word truncate. I've been meaning to use it for quite some time. But the other reason, I don't know if you can tell from the sound of my voice, and it's funny because recently I started monitoring my input through my microphone here, so hopefully it's it's a it's a little distinct, but unfortunately I am sick. Um, so that's another reason why I'm gonna keep the episode uh, kind of short, just so that I don't talk a whole whole lot, but also to you know preserve energy, preserve. Um, oxygen, if you will. Now, thankfully, it is not COVID. I did get tested, and it did come back negative. And and that's another thing too is that it never felt it never felt because I, I did have COVID once um, back in January 2021. In fact, you could argue that COVID was the the uh, snowball, the very tiny snowball that just got bigger and bigger and bigger that proceeded to cause a lot of things to happen to me in 2021. Like uh, you know, 2020 was the populace's worst year, the masses' worst year, because obviously that's when COVID broke out for the whole world. 2021, I'm not going to say it was the worst year, but it was the year where, like, shit went down and I needed to, like, actually think about what I needed to do and who I needed to be, that that sort of thing. And the the first uh, grain that created that hill was uh, pretty much catching COVID at the beginning of January, which then led me to my work troubles and not being able to go to school and all these different things. Anyways, but yeah, I got tested, came back negative. Um, and, and, the, and like I was mentioning before, it never felt weird like that when it did back in January. Because when I got sick back in January and it ended up being COVID, I did feel I, I've been sick enough to know when something's off, something feels different. And it did feel different. Something felt uh, very unusual about it. Uh, I was able to survive it. You know, it wasn't like it didn't necessarily knock me on my ass, but it was like it, there was something there to at least kind of like it, it was almost like taking a punch to the jaw. It doesn't knock you out, but you're kind of like, oh, that was different. Um, this, however, for sure, I'm like, this is a cold. I can tell. I, I've had enough colds to be like, this is just a standard cold. But just to be certain, go get tested. Got the confirmation. It's it's negative. It's just a cold. Um, so I'm just trying to breeze on through it. I, it's only been a couple of days. I'm already feeling myself getting better. I I feel the phlegm. You know, not to say, <laughs> not to put the disgusting details out there, but I feel the phlegm loosening up, and that to me is always a good sign because that's usually the exit process of of being sick. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I'm hoping so too because another thing that I also kind of want to talk about briefly here in the central portion was just how. Just so much content is coming up, uh, coming up here at once. Not only for the podcast, but also for the niche channel. But I mean that in a good way because that's ultimately what I've been really busy with uh, these past few days. It's just getting an awful lot of things uh, moving. McFarlane um, themselves has have been a little bit busy unveiling so many figures, and I mean I, I don't want to you know put myself up on a form of a pedestal or anything like that, but you know, cause there's definitely others that cover this that are, you have a way bigger following, following base, a way bigger uh, community and, and such. But I, I just feel like because some of my more popular videos on the niche channel are McFarlane toys related and Batman related, and, you know, some of the figures that they make for that, that company, uh, I need to keep in touch with the news. So lately I've been trying to figure out a way to maybe, start incorporating shorts back into my channel especially since recently there's been a bear, apparently a algorithm change that benefits creators when using shorts because before basically shorts and uh, the long form videos were completely separate as far as what could help somebody discover your content versus the other like if you posted a short it could take off but it, they'll never see your other content your longer form content apparently and it's possible that maybe I don't know. I haven't seen anything distinct as far as uh, clear-cut uh, evidence, um, 
but according to the, the you know some of the higher ups over on on YouTube and then YouTube educators kind of regurgitating this information, uh, they pretty much fixed the algorithm in a way where now posting shorts about that content will also help other people discover the content related to that subject. So case in point, if I made an uh, a short about the new Arkham City. McFarlane Toys figures that recently got revealed, which I technically did, uh, when they were hinting at the Adam with the first Batman one on their Twitter feed. Um, and at the time, I was asking people, "What do you, what do they think the other three are going to be, and who's the build figure?" Um, obviously, by now we know, but at the time, I was kind of pondering that question uh, to serve as a call to action thing for the for the short. And so, if I post that, then even though people check out the short on the shorts feed on YouTube, they should technically, by proxy, start receiving my McFarlane Toys content as well. Whenever I do a Batman figure review, they should, should I'm not going to say that they're going to get the whole uh, feed flooded, but they should have one or two things here and there pop out in the recommended feed from me because they checked out that short. In layman's terms, that's pretty much what the fix should be. Um... And it's funny because it caught on like wildfire because now people, certain uh, YouTubers that I follow <laughs> are all of a sudden doing shorts. They're not like blasting their feed with like nothing but shorts, but they, you know, before they would not be doing shorts whatsoever. And in the past week, uh, I know two distinct ones that never did shorts. And now all of a sudden there's a short on my feed from them. I'm like, huh, that's conveniently timed. So, <laughs> But I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming them because if this can help grow their channel, have at it. And it's very low lift because you're creating a short, something that could be easily done with like your phone. Um, so I'm going to start doing some research into that. Um, just looking into the different, you know, concepts and th uh, things that I can work to benefit the channel more video essays I'm putting the finishing touches on the Batgirl cance cancellation uh, video essay which hopefully will be up by the end of this week uh, or maybe even up by the time you listen to this considering how late-ish this might be potentially going up on because uh, again unfortunately I was sick uh, there was one day earlier this week where I did get the brunt of it with this cold and even though it wasn't like the worst I've ever felt with any kind of sickness, any kind of like uh, flu or cold. Uh, it was enough for me to just be like, you know what, let me just, like, I don't want to go on the computer. I know I should. I know I should push, push myself to finish editing and, and finish compiling the 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 stuff for the Batgirl essay and then maybe jump ahead as to whatever it is that I did record for the podcast and maybe edit that. But my, my mind state was not there. My mind state was, and I just want to, chill on this couch, eat the Jersey Mike's sub that my girlfriend ordered, and watch uh, Hell's Kitchen on TV. That's pretty much what it ended up being. Hey, I liked it. I liked it. I, I, you know, It's a bummer that I, I fell a little behind on my content, but th these sort of things uh, happen. But aside from that, like, there's just so many things that I've been meaning to get to, including a couple of things that I don't want to obviously talk about yet, but let's just say that they involve um, parties that I'm like, Oh, this would be cool. This would be so cool for the channel. So we'll see. We'll see where where those kind of things uh kind of evolve and and go forth. And especially like I said, with all these announcements and uh, different ideas for videos, I I mentioned uh I'm gonna mention something actually in the what I've been playing segments that could allude to a piece of content. Just one example of how like my brain's going into areas where I'm like, huh, that could be an interesting video. That could be an interesting video. So hopefully, that will benefit. That will that'll benefit the channel and see where that goes. Um, so, like I said, wanted to keep the pleasantries in the intro portion here to a minimum. D don't really have anything else to really talk about. So, let's go ahead and get moving to one thing that I do want to uh, to uh, to address, considering that it was going to be the next big show that me and the girlfriend were going to sit down and watch. <laughs> As per almost every Disney Plus show that has come to pass, me and the girlfriend has made it or have made it our tradition to now start watching She-Hulk since that's the newest one that has debuted on the streaming platform from Marvel Studios. It's also going to be probably one of the most talked about ones because it was already causing a point of contention for a lot of people who have been watching the Marvel Universe, have been keeping up with this whole ordeal, and have been watching the trailers, you know that, you would know, if you have seen that stuff, that She-Hulk has been kind of uh, the, the, a point of debate, a point of discussion when it comes to 
where exactly is the quality of Marvel Studios really heading to? Uh, whether or not this is uh, a symptom, pardon the pun, of either the pandemic when things were causing a bit of a strain as far as the planning process of what Phase 4 was going to be, uh, what is going on with these visual effects uh, studios and, and houses as to whether or not they're being crunched into working with a smaller budget, if they're working with just you know just a lot of conditions that are causing a strain on the quality of the visual effects and that prompted a lot of people to kind of debate whether or not they looked good when those trailers were coming out uh, or whether the subject matter you know whether she hulk overall was just going to be good and so the premiere episode is finally upon us it came out uh last week and it's funny because i've already kind of expressed some satirical viewpoints as to how I feel about She-Hulk via a tweet, tweet and also an Instagram story post that I was kind of surprised how much of a, uh, I don't want to say outcry, but just the response it got when I posted it on Instagram. On Twitter, because it was all one whole tweet, it kind of made more contextual sense. On Instagram, though, I'll read you guys what I said. I pretty much said, um, going to the hospital, tours uh, some ligaments. Uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit here, but I, I pretty much tweeted and posted on Instagram. Um, going to the hospital, uh, tore some ligaments and slipped some discs or broke some discs, something like that, in my spine from the 180 twist I had to do to go from Better Call Saul to She-Hulk in one fucking week. <laughs> That's pretty much what I said um, on, on social media, except on Twitter, it was all just one tweet. On Instagram, I split it into two posts just to kind of deliver a little bit on the comedy. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't really deliver. It didn't really land with a lot of people because I legit got some messages from some people saying, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, are you guys not seeing the second story? Because the second story is finally when I say, um, you know, the whole thing about going from medical assault to, to, to She-Hulk. The first story is the one about just me going to the hospital for those reasons, uh, quote-unquote. Um, didn't really work out, you know, it, it, it was a joke that didn't really land with a lot of people because some people were legitimately worried and hit me up and I'm like, check out the second story. And they're like, Oh, uh, and you know, I love some of you guys, but, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's take our time checking out Instagram stories. Cause it kind of makes me worried for your attention span. Cause one of these days you're going to skip through something that's vitally important. Cause that's kind of what this, this, this kind of showed me is that you guys just go you know tap 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 through the stories but once you see the word hospital or spine or whatever you stop and you just read that soul part and you don't pay attention to the other stuff so just a little quick uh you know old man yellow cloud style psa i'm sorry um that this generated but the topic at hand she hulk me and the girlfriend watched the premiere episode and uh yeah, I I mean, is there a way that I can talk about the show and not be lambasted as like a, you know, it, 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 am I it, do I run the risk of talking about the show and commentating on it and r risk getting called you know a sexist, a misogynist, what have you? Because I don't know if I'm vibing with it. I really am not. Um. It's not terrible, um, but otherwise, they need the first words out of my mouth when credits start rolling, and we finally got done with the mid-credit scene that was poking fun at Captain America again. Um, the the initial phrase that just came to mind was, "They should have released a, a two-parter. It should have been a two-part premiere with the first two episodes, especially since." Unlike um, not no not so much one division because I think one division was nine episodes, but unlike uh, you know Moon Knight and Loki and all those that were that did I think I'm trying to remember did Loki have a two episode premiere? One of them had a two episode premiere that ended up having six that was just six episodes. So we were already technically uh, a third of the way through when we watched that premiere. I remember there was one. It, it was either Loki. Or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or I don't think it was Moon Knight. It was something earlier than that. There was one episode, or was it Miss Marvel? I think it was actually Miss Marvel, where they premiered the first two episodes back to back, 
and uh, I was I might be wrong about that, but I remember there was one Marvel show earlier this year that I said, oh, wow, we're already technically a third of the way through because they premiered the first two episodes, but there's only going to be six. This one needed the two-episode premiere, not one. It's so ironic that this one gets bumped out to nine episodes, but we only get one episode to premiere because this did not feel like the first episode. This felt like what needed to be either the second or third because shit just happens without proper context or subtext to it all, whether it be from understanding a character or understanding a set piece, an action sequence, or what have you. Keep it a, a little vague on on spoilers, even though there's not much that I really want to go into as far as spoilers are concerned, because that's just how impacted by this premiere episode I really was. Because it starts off with the fourth wall break that was being kind of alluded to with some of the trailers that I understood was going to happen, and I knew that She-Hulk was from the comics was the first one to do it even before Deadpool. So I'm like, oh yeah, that that totally makes sense for this style of show. They're going for something a bit more comedy-driven, something that's taken inspiration from Sex and the City, uh, because if you want to argue that way, uh, Sex and the City also breaks the fourth wall, except she doesn't talk directly to the camera. She's doing like a narration-type beat. So, yeah, you know, this angle for the She-Hulk, it makes sense for her. It really, really does. And taking inspiration from the comics in that nature, I'm like, all right, you know, it kind of vibes within. It makes sense. That wasn't my opposition. My opposition was that, we just jump right into it. And booting up the episode, seeing that it was just a little under 40 minutes, I know some people were coming to the defense, to the defense saying, oh yeah, they're going for a shorter format because it's supposed to be a sitcom-style sort of thing, but you really need to go all the way with that sitcom style of formatting and structure and breakdown as far as how you structure and how you actually build the episode. It wasn't built that way. It was still built like an hour-long episode, except it wasn't an hour long. It was just 38 minutes, 36 or 37 if you don't count some of the longer credits towards the end. And because of that, we just just bum-rush right into it. Shit just happens. And I understand that there's going to be episodes later on down the road that are going to explain this, which brings me up to the point, which is some of these reviews that I saw from um, some critics and, and whatnot where they're like, we're giving some glowing response over She-Hulk and, and saying that it was good, only for me to kind of click into the article or click into the video and all these reviews would come back saying, this is a spoiler-free review on the first three episodes or first four episodes, something like that. And I'm like... Yeah, no shit you guys like it. You guys got context from some later episodes. We don't. We as regular viewers, regular consumers watching it from Disney Plus are just getting the first episode and we don't have context to know exactly where certain, you know, certain people are coming from, where uh, cuz we have a character who literally breaks through a wall, says, "I'm here." Uh She-Hulk fights her and that's it. The episode ends. I'm like, Who the fuck was that? All right. I know her name only because I've seen people mention it in comment sections on YouTube and on Twitter and such. But outside of that, no idea. And the episode just ends. And now we have to wait. uh, Well, uh, by the time you guys are probably listening to this recording, that second episode's already out. But what I'm trying to say is we still have to, you know, from the time where I watched this and had that initial impression, I have to wait another week. And I know that that's how television traditionally works, but... It's, I don't know, it just felt structurally kind of piecemealed together uh, a, a little bit. Um, especially with the way that, like I said, we're rushing into action set pieces. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe, especially with the introduction of side characters like this antagonistic character. I think her name is uh, Titania or something like that, played by Jamila, Jamila Jamil, or I think that's her name. Um I'm like, okay, we're probably going to get a backstory. We might even get like a bottle episode on her later down the line once they kind of recontextualize. Once we get some insight into Jennifer Walters being an attorney for superpowered people, and that's how Abomination gets played in, how Daredevil's going to factor in, all that good stuff. All right, fine. But that all that stuff can kind of be a little quote unquote passable. What is not passable is when you can't make us like your main character. I'm sorry. I did not like Jennifer. I did not like her in this. I hate to say it, but I just did not like Jennifer Walters in this show. At least as a character. When she hulked out? Yes. 
I'm fine with that, you know. Yeah, if you if you catch my meaning. <laughs> Girlfriend, I kept putting her hands in front of my eyes. Um, but as far as a character, especially when we get her introduction very early on, for a little bit, I was kind of rolling with it, and the way that uh, she was being introduced with her dynamic with uh, Bruce, um, incidents go down, and we get her explanation as to why she's hulking out. And there was a little something at the beginning that I was like, oh, okay, they're going to tackle this. And it, it, uh, Okay, this is, I guess, a brief spoiler, even though it's not that big of a deal. And like I said, it's very early on in the episode. But initially, it was going to show her being a traditional Hulk, actually raging out and losing sentience. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And even Bruce looked like he was losing it there because apparently he built something to kind of temper down... Um, his hulkness and that's why he was human at first um but eventually it's like they completely undo that it's almost like it almost felt like a reshoot like that was not the initial plan like he was supposed to still be all hulk but they had to come up with something to make him human there at the beginning and that's why he had that arm device it didn't feel like an actual story driven thing it felt more like a budget thing and i know that there were some interviews saying that they rewrote some scenes to have jennifer be in regular jennifer mode because they wanted to downplay the budget uh, I I understand that, but that's still a red flag where you have to like tamper with the original scripting. And this is from a company like Marvel Studios. Like, give out the money, pump out the money. I'm sorry, but you know you guys are Marvel Studios. You're like half of the movies on the top ten domestic grossing list are from you guys. Just you guys got the money. Come on, pour it out there. That way you don't have to restructure um screenplay edits just to a piece of that. Anyways. For a second, it looked a little appealing that she was going to be raging out and she was going to have to go through the same trials and tribulations as as Bruce. And immediately the 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 show's like, no, she's sentient now. She can talk. And even Bruce himself is like, what the hell? Why? And she's like, I don't know. Now, someone online brought up the point, and it's a don't get me wrong, it's actually a pretty good point. And that is that Jennifer simply just did not have the same uh, trauma that her that uh, Bruce did as far as the, you know, if we were to go with that lore, they didn't really reference that here, um, and I don't think they will because I think technically all those little details, Universal te- still technically has rights over, so they can't, me- uh, Marvel can't really mention them verbatim. But we're supposed to maybe get some implications or some hints that Bruce, the, you know, whether he mentions it or not, is still has the backstory of dealing with running from the army, getting shot at constantly, frequently looking over his shoulder, um, you know, constantly going into hiding and whatnot. But furthermore, if we were to go as far as the Ang Lee Hulk, his uh, broken relationship with his father, his uh, physical and emotional trauma from when he was a kid, all that stuff manifested into the Hulk, and the Gamma Ray simply just brought it out. Jennifer never dealt with that. And that's why she was able to gain control and during her Hulkout modes. Okay, why didn't the show show me that, let alone tell me? Why do I need to wait until someone on Twitter tells me? That's the problem. That makes perfect sense. That explanation as to why Jennifer can do that, okay, th- that makes perfect sense. Why didn't the show tell me that? And yes, you can argue, oh, they'll wait until later in the uh, later episodes. Well, kudos for those who got the the first three episodes first before you know before anybody else. As far as these critics and online reviewers, I'm still here, just a regular consumer watching the first episode, and I'm just judging the first episode as its own merit. And that and one of those judgments, one of those problems I had was that Jennifer instantly does everything better than Bruce. I'm sorry, but yes, they marry suit her. They marry suit her without any explanations. It, like I said, someone on Twitter made that explanation. And it makes logical sense to me. It really does. Why wasn't that in the fucking show? Because we had to focus on a scene where Jennifer has to say how tough it is to be a woman. Yeah. And here's the thing. I was thinking to myself, maybe I'm just looking into it too much. Maybe I'm jumping on that bandwagon. But I got my confirmation that I wasn't when even my girlfriend agreed. My girlfriend, a female, actually said, yeah, that was forced. 
that that scene of her just explaining like, oh, I get catcalled and all this, and I'm meanwhile I'm like, yeah, I mean they're not gonna say it because Universal has the rights, but Bruce got physically and emotionally abused as a kid, and that manifested into the Hulk. And once he was gamut out, he had to constantly run away from the police and the army and go into hiding and third world countries and live a terrible lifestyle but you know you <laughs> you had your car you had your nice uh, lawyer career and when your brother's trying to help i mean uh, your cousin's trying to help you out you're just, she's just unlikable like like she's just always giving this pushback like change me back without ever like in so many scenes she's just not listening Bruce is just constantly trying to be like yo I'm trying to talk to you I'm trying to talk to you and she's just like I don't I I, I didn't like her I didn't like her. Tatiana uh, 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 Maslany, you know, she's giving a great performance. Uh, you know, performance-wise, she's good. It's just the writing where, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm so, yeah, Again, you know, someone listening to this might put them off as far as where I'm coming from here because, you know, the, the they might be getting this impression from me that I'm like, oh, you know, you know, is this a woman thing? It's just a badly written thing that is trying to lean towards being woman. Yeah, men suck. Especially when you have that scene where she's mocking booze going, men, men. I'm like, yeah, there's something here. There's an angle here from where this is being written from. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, uh, uh, we can't have a male superhero because we just got an awesome female superhero character in the form of the main character from Prey. She was awesome. She was fucking awesome. Because she was a just a badass character that just happened to be female. That's that's the whole point. You know, that that's all you have to do. Here it's you literally have a scene where they sit down for her to be like I'm not gonna beat this to death. I'm just saying that you can have your side characters to kind of pop in and there without any proper context and be having having be one of the faults and still get away with it. You cannot get away with having your main character be this unlikable. And it detached me. It detached me from some of the humor. It detached me from some of the effects. Uh, I, I was getting ready. I was this close to, to start looking at stuff on my phone towards the third act of the episode. And I'm like, yeah, this is not a good sign that I'm looking at my phone over there. Because usually with Marvel shows or anything that's Marvel DC related that me and the girlfriend are wired in to watch as our like show or as our movie phone is off to the side and I never uh, check in on it. I wasn't checking in during WandaVision. I wasn't checking in during Loki. I wasn't checking in on Moon Knight. Phone was away. I wouldn't check my phone until the episode was over because those things were dope. I I was this close to grabbing the phone. I never did, but I was this close. And it's probably because of how short the episode ended up being. Fingers crossed that we maybe get some revitalization in the second uh, second episode because right now it's shaping up to be kind of a long nine weeks for She-Hulk. All right, so what have I been playing? Mentioned last week that Spear of Pharaoh was not grabbing me, and if it wasn't going to grab me, I was going to play a different game. So the different game that I'm playing this week is Spear of Pharaoh. <laughs> So, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, it happened. It clicked. It actually happened. It, 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 I, don't, I don't know when it happened specifically. I don't know what I specifically needed to do as far as mechanics, as far as what do... I don't know what it was, but I think maybe... As I played the game a bit more passively, there was an instance where, there was a session, rather, where I booted up, I think it was later that night when I recorded that session uh, that uh, would have been playing a part, or maybe even the next day, where I booted up Spirit Fair. I thought, alright, let me try this thing one more time, only this time I didn't plug into the game audio-wise, I plugged into my computer and listened to... Uh, a couple of videos, a couple of long-form videos that have to do with, like, YouTube education and um, stuff like that. You know, th stuff that I can just listen to. I don't really need to watch anything on the screen. And as I'm just listening to this stuff, I'm kind of passively playing the game over here, especially with those little moments that have to do with 
waiting an awful lot, like waiting for the boat to get to a certain destination, waiting for certain crops to build on the boat uh, or to grow, uh, waiting certain things to just happen as far as progression in the story and progression in certain tasks and errands and things that you need to manage in Spiritfarer. And as I kind of went through this cycle and started to realize uh, what kind of routine I can kind of build myself for, especially when I started to get into this flow where I was telling myself, I don't know, how, like I said, I don't know what the specific moment was, but there was a time where I finally started to go in my brain, okay, you know, drive the boat to this destination. It's going to take a little while to get there. So while you're going, start planting these seeds. What are these other seeds that you just planted? Okay, so this stuff is good to go. You got these ingredients. Cook this thing because this person's going to start to get hungry. And before I knew it, the boat got to the destination and it was time to progress a little bit more in the story. But I got stuff done in the meantime and I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this what it is? This is what it is. This is what the game was trying to get me to do this entire time. And lo and fucking behold, here we are. The following week, and I think I'm about to hit 20 hours on Spiritfarer. And I've progressed a good amount of the story without going into too many spoilers. Let's just say that some spirits have crossed over to the other side. In a way I was not expect in an emotional way I was not expecting it to be. I was over here going like, okay, I'm not really feeling attached to some of these characters, but when you finally bid adieu to them, um, so that they can move on with their afterlife, so to speak, I was like, yo, you know, some of the things that they're saying are quite emotional. I'm not, you know, moved to tears or nothing, but I'm kind of like, oh. And after a little while, I start to feel their absence on the boat. Like, I start to feel, you know, the the very first one that was constantly, I don't want to say constantly, but somewhat annoyingly, you know, getting, getting a little annoying with how frequently they were saying, oh, I'm hungry, or I would like this. I was kind of missing that just a tiny, tiny bit. Now, I can't speak like that for every single one of these spirits that hops on board. There's uh, one character in particular I recently brought on board, um, I want to say either yesterday or the day before, that I wholeheartedly can say fuck you to. There's one character that is, I I think, designed to be unlikable. I don't know if this character is even never going to cross over to the other side uh, or if they are. That's the little hint I'll drop is that it's not a, uh, a he, it's a they. It's two characters packed into one. And fuck these guys. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're they're terrible. They're they're actually terrible characters. That I'm like, okay, are we supposed to like this this uh, group? And I'm like, all right. The sooner you get off my boat, the better. So you know, just a little bit of a motivator to get their their quest uh, done as soon as possible. But outside of that, yeah, I've fallen into this weird routine where I actually do want to see the ending of this game. Um. You know, obviously, we do have a little bit of a deadline here, which is August 31st. That's when the game's going to get removed from Game Pass. But prior to that, I like I said, I, it's finally clicked. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually falling into this really comfortable routine where I know uh, what you know how to tackle certain tasks and, and quests and, and mainline objectives on my list. Um, and while I'm managing all that, I'm managing the crops, I'm managing, and I thought it was going to be mundane, but it's not. Like, I, I've, I've seen the light. Um, I would probably say any newfound nitpicks have been that there were some things that are a little bit unclear as far as where you need to go up until you realize that they were probably in your face the entire time. Uh, there's one objective that is very vague, and I was like, what are you talking about? And it wasn't until I finally looked throughout the map and highlighted a number of things on the map until finally the name popped up, and I was like, Oh, it, it was right there the whole time. I thought it was going to be hidden or some shit. And it wasn't. It, it was, I just, just you know, it, it, there was just no markers. You know, there, there's certain things that don't have a marker. Um, so I would say if you've never played this game, and I don't know if it's a little too late to jump right into it because it is a, be, a bit of a beefy game as far as hours. Like I mentioned before, I'm about 20 hours in and I feel like I'm not even... I, th- I feel like I barely crossed, uh, crossed, crossed the halfway mark. My apologies for the stutter. Um... I feel like I barely crossed the halfway mark and I'm almost about 20 hours in, so it's probably going to be another 20. 
Um, so to start, I would say you're probably in better hands if you play this either. Uh, I think it's actually 10 bucks on PSN right now. So if you want to get it at a deep discount for about a third of the price, you can find it on PSN. Probably has the week trolls, uh, trucks on. You might find it back again on sale for 10 bucks. Like I mentioned last week, it was on sale and then it went back up to full price. Uh, PSN marked it back down to 10 bucks, So it's possible that maybe the eShop and the Microsoft Store might follow suit. Uh, very very soon so you might have to check that out game pass it might be a little too late because it's about to get removed um, but if you're gonna do it I would say do it on the switch or on Steam that way you can access it from different accounts and you can play it at your own pace because this is a game that feels like it needs to find a groove with you it needs to find a comfortable routine that you feel at home with just like I did because I, as I played I realized that some of my more comfortable moments with the game have been when I'm not plugged in. Because after a little while, you start to hear the same music. You start to hear the same sound effects. The same characters go, uh-huh. Hmm. Well, you know, like those little grunts and, and moans and little things that they do. Because there's no there's no actual voice lines. It's just all speech bubbles. So whenever you do some of the more quote-unquote mundane stuff like cooking and building uh, uh, things on the boat and chopping up wood to make planks and, and get, uh, smelting uh, rocks to turn into ingots and, and stuff like that, you know, th that much more rudimentary stuff, That's those are the moments where I'm like, yes, I'm definitely going to unplug uh, from the gameplay audio and plug into a podcast or a long-form video on YouTube on my computer, listen to that while I do this passively on the side, and that's how I like to play. And th that's why I feel like with uh, playing it on Switch, you get to take it with you on the go, or playing it on PC, you can access it from different computers, or better yet, if you happen to uh, get a Steam Deck sent over to you, this would be perfect on Steam Deck. Um, so I've seen the light with Spearfarer, and I'm definitely going to try to see through it to the very end. Uh, of course, the objective is to play it and, and complete it before it gets removed from Game Pass, um, because at least I feel like time-wise I can afford to, and I'll keep you guys updated as to where I land on the finale on next week's episode, uh, and also to see if there's enough time to at least get something else started, because right now I'm still kind of... Uh, going back and forth as far as what will be the next game to start up after Spearfarer. Uh, part of me wants to c jump onto the Switch and play Pokemon Legends Ar 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 Arceus. Ar Arceus, I think it is it's pronounced. Um, uh, staying on the Switch, I know Bayonetta 3 comes out later in the year, so I think it's time to jump on those Bayonetta games because I technically do have 1 and 2 on the Switch as well. Um, so different options. But the only other thing I do want to mention on my What I've Been Playing segment, because... Frankly, as far as those backlog style of games, Spiritfarer is all I've been playing. Because I've been too busy, like I mentioned before, creating content and um, just you know doing different things and and uh, reaching out you know to contacts and just doing my own shit. Um, so I haven't really been playing anything else except Spiritfarer. It's been taking out my time. However, there's been a little bit of a, a development for a game that technically I've already played, but now in a newfound way. And that is Spider-Man Remastered. As some of you know, it's recently been released on PC. And it turns out that a buddy of mine went ahead and, you know, my best friend, uh, Surface Assassin, one of my best friends, uh, a.k.a. Greg, a.k.a. Surface Assassin, whatever you want to, him to go by, um, he is the one that I sold my Steam Deck to. And because he's got the Steam Deck, and also because he is uh, more of a PC player than I am, he went ahead and bought Spider-Man on PC, on Steam. And it just so happens to be deck verified. I was already kind of contemplating this little idea seed in my head, but before I can, but he ended up beating me to it. He hit me up and said, hey, you want to borrow back the Steam Deck so that you can play Spider-Man Remastered and maybe make some content out of it. Because there's two angles that I can look at this with. One is to simply just make a video about what it's like to play the Steam Deck, uh, what it's like to play Spider-Man Remastered on the Steam Deck, how it runs, how it graphically looks, how, you know, whether or not it's smooth as far as the web swing and the combat, etc. I've actually already played about 30, 45 minutes of the game just to kind of get my feet wet, but I haven't really built firm assumptions. And plus, I really, really do need to capture uh, footage, both in-game footage using OBS and then on-camera footage, you know, recording me holding the console and playing the game, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm hoping to do some of that this week. 
that's one angle, however. The second angle that I was mentioning it, as far as what kind of content I can kind of extrapolate from this, is seeing exactly how well the Steam Deck could run some of those very loony mods that some people have already been creating for Spider-Man Remastered on PC. Because I've already seen some clips that have made me laugh and... Uh, you know, it, it, people are already creating videos and, and stuff like that about running Spider-Man on PC and running those mods, those hilarious mods. I have, I'm have, i pretty sure someone maybe have beaten me to it, but I don't know if there's a whole lot of demand or a whole lot of uh, content out there for these specific mods to run on the Steam Deck. So kind of combining the, the, two, the two pieces of content, you know, running Spider-Man on Steam Deck and then running mods, combine them. Running the mods for Spider-Man on Steam Deck. So that's a video that I'm planning on kind of creating. So that's one other thing that I, like I said, dabbled a little bit into. But I will be playing a little bit more here as the week kind of rolls on. Spider Remastered on the Steam Deck. And since the Steam Deck is back in my hands for a little bit limited time, not only am I hoping to capture some footage for Spider-Man, but also maybe for the Arkham series to see how the Steam Deck runs those games. I'll keep you guys posted on some thoughts, some abridged thoughts next week. I don't really want to talk about it too much because it is still nevertheless going to make up for some content on the niche uh, main channel, the Batman Spider-Man channel. And if you guys want to stay tuned for that, link is in the description. And one other reason why I wanted to keep this week's podcast short, besides being sick and trying to rest up the voice and the energy, was also knowing that there was going to be, or at least initially thought, there was going to be quite an awful lot to talk about from Gamescom in Germany. Gamescom 2022 went down with the man, the, uh, well, I don't know, a lot of people consider him to be the myth, but I feel like sometimes he can be a little um, unnerving and and. and Potentially obnoxious and also just a little, I don't know, there's just something about him. A lot of people like him. I, I like his work ethic and the way he's able to produce and create things together. But as an actual personality, as a host, I'm like, I don't know, he feels kind of off. And frankly, I feel like Gamescom proved that to to a certain degree. So we had Gamescom 2022, and I guess at the time that I'm recording this uh, particular episode, it's probably going to be done by the time it actually does get published and goes up, especially for the YouTube channel since I'm a little bit behind on the YouTube uploads for the Dark Spider cast. But by the time you listen to this, the majority of Gamescom has already kind of come to an end. The main event, however, from that from this whole ordeal that everybody's eyes was on, including me, was the two-hour presentation during opening night live. Opening, was it opening night live? Yeah, opening night live, I guess. Um, It's funny because it throws me off because it was technically 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., but in Germany, it was nighttime. Um, So it was opening night live on Tuesday, the two-hour presentation that everybody was streaming and everybody was talking about and taking a, a look at to see what things were in store. And so overall, this two-hour show, yeah, it, it, it keeps happening. It's continuing. It keeps on trucking on. This whole, you know, the the situation with the pandemic, putting a, a stressor on developers, put pushing, uh, putting them kind of in a vice, and because of that, you know, it's funny because it keeps shocking us and surprising us when shit like, like this goes down, even though it's already been two years. Since the pandemic broke and since we need to be in the know that this is going to happen. Like this next PlayStation showcase, Xbox showcase, uh, whatever is still waiting for us in store for the remainder of the year. Which is you know, not even that long. We literally got like three or four months. Uh, it, it's, just, it's including the Game Awards in December. It keeps shocking us that nothing of big significant importance no bombastic like reveal that just goes viral ends up happening because we are technically still in a pandemic that the the label pandemic has still not been lifted off the world i know that sounds almost kind of exaggerated a little bit but it really has not been lifted it has not been eradicated um and God only knows if it ever will. I mean, Fauci just fucking quit recently. The his his uh, position within the government, and he's going solo. Uh, it's I remember somebody on Twitter saying that it's pretty much the uh, government equivalent of your mom saying, "You know what? You do what you want," and leaving. 
and you're thinking to yourself, oh, you, you know, you won, you, you, you know, you, you got away with it, but you really didn't get away with it. And that's pretty much what the world is right now. The world is this arrogant child that thinks they got away with it, but they're going to reap with herself. Anyways, tangent aside, um, you know, we're technically still in a pandemic. And because of that, we keep forgetting that these developers, uh, some of them, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, especially the ones that live in, uh, I, I don't want to say third world or lesser privileged countries but just countries where they're like that are on two sides of the spectrum they're either stricter on covid laws and because they want to keep cases down or they just can't afford to provide the necessary uh things in inside the building inside the corporate offices inside of their actual development offices to facilitate having that amount of people working without risk there being an outbreak and they're still working from home and that requires still sending a lot of documents a lot of assets files bunch of heavy stuff over you know all these different servers and that takes time like quite little time i'm i'm completely I am not unbeknownst that sometimes a character model needs to be sent over the the cloud over some kind of server, and that literally takes overnight because of that's just how many gigabytes of data there are, or even uh, terabytes. Um, so we often keep forgetting this because we sometimes get kind of stuck in the moment of the hype, especially when we're st when we're given this illusion that uh, of this hype via an in-person event like Gamescom. You see the crowd, you see Jeff Keighley up there as host with the microphone. You know, it's not some pre-recorded thing. He's up there live. You know, this whole deal is happening live. So we kind of get caught up in the moment, but ever so often we need that check. And unfortunately, the ending of these shows, realizing that we didn't get something major for us to be like, oh my God, is traditionally that wake-up call. Um, and it sucks. Now, I did write down some bullet points of some things that did genuinely impress me here. Despite getting delayed last week, which I covered, Hogwarts Legacy did get a new trailer that not only confirmed for those who have missed it that it was getting pushed to February 10th, 2023, but this new trailer didn't really showcase that much gameplay. It was actually more leaning more towards the dark arts, like the darker side of Hogwarts Legacy, specifically its story of like what is really going down right there. And having our students poking in business that they probably shouldn't be snooping into and how that could potentially factor into the story. Outside of that, it wasn't really that flashy of a trailer to really give us a good sense of what's really going down. It's like a little under two minutes, so there was really nothing terribly much there to write home about. There was also, speaking of new trailers and speaking of story trailers, a new story trailer on Gotham Knights. Um, and I'm not going to lie, this new Gotham Knights story trailer was you know whoever edited that and showcased the the stuff that's actually going down in there uh, give them some props because I'm not gonna lie this trailer was actually pretty pretty good granted it could also be accredited to that editing it could be accredited to the camera angles that they used but overall what I'm seeing from the trailer and how much they're showing off the villains and how diff how different of a light these villains are in specifically Harley Quinn who I personally like that Harley Quinn is looking like she's on top well pause phrasing uh, but the reason why I say that I like that Harley Quinn is pretty much filling Joker's shoes is because not only do I like that Harley Quinn is kind of building her her confidence uh, and kind of giving her the emancipation she deserves you know something that's been kind of talked about within popular media specifically the Birds of Prey movie from uh, a couple years back uh, but it all, I also like that it insinuates that pretty much our top three reoccurring Batman characters Batman himself uh, Gordon and the Joker pretty much all seemingly died on the same night in the same altercation. Um, so it's cool that everybody who's kind of connected to these three main characters are left to kind of pick up the pieces. And that's pretty much what Gotham, the direction that Gotham Knights is going into. And I'll admit it, it looked a little, it looked a little spicy. They did showcase a little bit more of Go Callisto Protocol. However, I don't know if it's just me, but there was something about the footage that they showed, it didn't look bad. It still looked good. It still looked polished. It still looked like a really well held together vertical slice. It just felt like the wrong vertical slice. It felt like this is probably what they should have shown first back in the, during the, um, the, the Summer Games Fest as opposed to the Gamescom because of how much closer we are to release date. 
I feel like they should have swapped. I feel like this should have been the one that they should, because minus the the cool gore effects and the kill that he had there at the end with the fan, there wasn't anything all that different. In fact, I saw some people kind of give it a little bit of critique, uh, critis, uh, uh, critis, critical points because of how similar, too similar looked to Dead Space, but not so much in a positive light, but more in a, okay, you know, how much, how close are you going to get before you start to teeter on copyright? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> After getting some kind of like listings on Amazon, and I just couldn't believe my eyes, I was like, wow, okay. Dead Island 2, it's fucking coming out. It's actually, this is an actual thing. This is an actual real game, and it's actually coming out on February 3rd. Actually, uh, I'll go ahead and, <clears throat> excuse me, try, try to not say that anymore. But the reason why this is surprising is because this game has literally been in development hell for, I want to say, seven-ish I think it's that it'll be about eight-ish years by the time it actually does come out. Since I think in 2015, with that initial trailer of the guy jogging or whatever, um, I'll be truthfully, brutally honest. When I saw this trailer open up and I saw the dude with the dreads, I don't know what it is, but I thought it was going to be Beyond Good and Evil 2. Because I remember there was a character that looked kind of like that in... Or, you know, there were characters that had kind of that, like that style in um, that CG trailer of Beyond Good and Evil 2 that we got. And, you know, Jeff Keighley said, this is a game that people have been waiting for a long time. So I'm like, all right, what could it be? And I thought that at first, but then as soon as I saw the bottle of alcohol and the regular condo behind him, I was like, oh, shit, I think this is the Dead Island game. And it, Dead Island 2, and it was. Don't know why it's being called Dead Island 2 since it's being uh, hinted that this is L.A., there's no islands in LA unless it's going to be an island they have to go to at the end. But uh, we got a CG trailer, and I thought that that was going to be it, only for them to actually show us some gameplay towards the, en the end there. By the developer coming on, on stage and talking about the game and what they've been doing since the overhaul, since the swap of developers, which has happened like three or four times since then. Um, I'm adding that bit in there. Obviously, they didn't talk about the swap of developers, but exactly what they've been doing. And so from the gameplay that I saw and from the the characters talking and the, the humor that they're aiming for, especially with that guy on the, the seat going down the stairs, I mean, I'm guessing that they're going, they're trying to retain the tongue and cheekiness that they had in the prior games. It's just that sometimes it's very hit or miss. Like I remember playing the first Dead Island and having a good amount of fun, um, but not enough to be like, Yo, we need a sequel. And that was already after I was reeling, just like everybody else, from how misleading that first trailer was with the first Dead Island, you know? Everybody you know knows about that famous first trailer. Um, I even played Dead Island Riptide. I think it was a free game on PS Plus. I might be wrong about that, but I think I played that as well. And that was actually kind of bad. It was kind of janky as hell. Um, so I do have some hopes, especially with the way that technology has advanced far enough here in the future, that Dead Island 2 could maybe take some notes from what made Dying Light spectacular. And I really have to be specifically Dying Light, the first one, not Dying Light 2. Even though, I, I'm not going to say Dying Light 2 is a bad game, um, but it was very underwhelming. And I think that it's possible that the, you know the fatigue that people are feeling from the first-person melee zombie killing or, you know, action RPG genre might start to wear a little bit on people. Uh, and Dying Light, I mean, ugh, Dead Island 2 may or may not be releasing on the wrong time. Especially with, like I said, the way that people received uh, Dying Light 2. We'll see. It would be pretty fucking crazy if Dying, it, Dead Island 2, god damn it, these, these games, they're going to they're gonna be the, the, the end of me with these titles. But it'll be insane if Dead Island 2 ends up being more fun and just overall better than Dying Light 2. <laughs> that would be ironic. But yeah, we got that release date. We got that trailer. We got that re-reveal, that overhaul. Um, it definitely looks prettier. And there's actually some really good facial animations, not only with the zombies, uh, but also with the main characters or the characters, the human characters you interact with. Don't know why they were censoring the violence. I don't know if there was like a a statute of limitations for how things are shown over there in Germany, but it's crazy that they're like, like there were some things that were allowed and some things that weren't. And I'm like, uh, okay. 
we we saw like like there was a shot of uh, of a zombie getting its head po- uh, you know smashed to mush and gory mush with the butt of a of a rifle but then later on when the character does the same thing from a first person perspective pr- pretty much it's censored like I, I i didn't get that part um and then jeff would then plug the uncensored version online so I, i'm thinking it's a broadcast thing with germany I, i'd imagine but We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's cynically a 2023 game, so I could kind of put it on the back of the brain right now. Um, because for now, we d- did get some more trailers for other things coming down l- later on this year. Sonic Frontiers got a new trailer, and I'm right there with an awful lot of other people. Why the fuck did they not show this trailer first? How could they not show this trailer first? This was actually a pretty good trailer for a Sonic game. It actually looked like a Sonic game. It actually had color and life and speed and and, and exuberance to it. It actually looked like fucking fun. It didn't look like this open, droll environment that they were showcasing with the mechanics. It's it's possible. It's possible to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's possible that maybe those bits that they were showing us earlier were like testing grounds to show off the gameplay, to show off the mechanics, but they were physically using a asset that was like pre-alpha from like two, three years ago, and that and they were they fooled us. You know what I'm saying? Like they they showed us that, but in the background they were working on what was shown in this story trailer. I'm hoping that that's the case and not a fluke. Because what they showed here in this trailer at Gamescom legitimately tempted me into wanting to pre-order. That way I can get at least one of the cool steelbooks. Because I think Best Buy and GameStop are doing cool steelbooks. Ironically, the GameStop one has a better looking steelbook than the the Best Buy one. Because the Best Buy one just has like the logo with some texturing in the background. Whereas the GameStop one actually has some art of Sonic doing a cool thing. Um, At least that's what I was going to do. Until I realized that the game comes out a day before God of War. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm still in the thinking stage. But I cannot deny that that was actually a pretty cool looking trailer for Sonic Frontiers. We also got a trailer for the new, new Tales from the Borderlands. A.K.A. Tales from the Borderlands 2. Gearbox, when I said that I wanted a sequel for Tales from the Borderlands, unfortunately this is not what I meant. I gotta be honest, I'm not feeling this one. I don't know what it is, but I'm not feeling this one. And this is coming from someone who loves the first one, but we also have to keep in mind that you know who made the first one, Telltale. And they're working on, what, an Expanse game that was also showcased here at Gamescom? Uh, didn't really feel the need to talk about that because I don't really don't know too much about the Expanse. I know it's a sci-fi show, um, but outside of that, I really don't know much, except that now Telltale is making a game out of them. Um, and that was shown here. It's one of the random reveals that was shown here at, at Gamescom. Um, but Telltale has nothing, at least three, this revamped version of Telltale from Skybound is not working on the new Tales from the Borderlands. It looks like it's being made in-house at Gearbox. And it's kind of showing because I'm scared that whoever is writing this new Tales from the Borderlands is also the same writer as Borderlands 3. And even though I have not played Borderlands 3... I've heard a lot of people say that Borderlands 3 has some terrible writing and terrible jokes in it. And that's where I made that correlation, that connection, because I did not laugh once watching this trailer from the new Trails from the Borderlands, and I didn't even vibe with any of these characters. They just felt blah. They just felt very generic, very like, oh, what do millennials and Gen Zers say these da- these days? And that's pretty much what the characters are saying. And, and acting like. And I'm not feeling it. Again, I'm not feeling it. Art style still retains that classic associated uh, Borderlands look. But overall, I'm not seeing any hook to make me go for this game. And that's a shame considering how quickly it's coming up here in October. It comes out this October and yet I'm not, I, have, I haven't even added it to my 2022 list. Because that's how underwhelmed I felt from this trailer. Like, that was a bummer. We also got some gameplay for this ridiculous yet still potentially cool-looking game, Lies of P, because apparently you get to play as a Timothy Chalamet version of Pinocchio, (laughs) trying to find Geppetto, 
but the entire game is kind of streamlined to look like a Souls game. It sounds fucking ridiculous as... It, it looks as fucking ridiculous as it sounds. Obviously something that's very difficult to illustrate here in podcast form. But if you go and watch the trailers, you'll see that as crazy as that sounds on paper, it could actually make for a fun Souls-like game. You know, a Souls uh, spiritual successor, if you will. And, you know, it's it's from a different developer. I believe a Japanese developer, so it's not like from software. But it looks like there's... You know, it's made by people who take inspiration from the Souls games and are applying it in all the right places. So I'm like, all right, you know, this might be a game to look out for, um, especially since there's going to be no harm in playing it, considering that it's coming to day one Game Pass. So I'm signed up for there. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit of, uh, of a wait because it's not coming until sometime in 2023. I'd imagine maybe early 2023, but they never specified. So, speaking of Timothy Chalamet, let's segue on over to some random reveals. Um, It's funny, because speaking of Timothy Chalamet, even though he's not in this, but a new Dune game got announced, different from the one that's called Dune Spice Wars. This one's called Dune Awakening. And it's meant to be an MMO. But once again, it's another fucking trailer that uses these fancy, really elaborate CG trailers, only for them to not have that be the gameplay whatsoever. I, I honestly feel like they're teetering on false advertisement. Because I saw screenshots of the gameplay for this doing MMO, and oh my god. Like, how are they not getting sued for something like this at this point? Anyways, that got announced. It was kind of a random reveal. But to me, it couldn't have gotten any more random than a Killer Clowns from Outer Space game. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, okay, sure, that's what we're doing. Now, one thing that I do find kind of intriguing about the reveal of the Killer Clowns game is that they're taking a page from what worked for other horror 80s properties like Friday 13th, Predator, etc., where they're making it pretty much an uh, asymmetric multiplayer game. I think they said it's three versus seven, so like three killer clowns and then seven regular humans trying to kill the clowns. And I'm like, okay, that could make sense. Especially since if you've seen the movie, which uh, frankly I have, um, you know that the killer clowns themselves have some pretty interesting weaponry and arsenals that then led to some very funny, hilarious kills in that movie. And I feel like if they can take that and put it into the game in a very fun way, especially playing into the multiplayer aspect, that could actually possibly work i can actually see that working um and i'd I'd say you know what maybe i'll have to put this down as as a game to keep my eye eye out especially if maybe later down the line they announce that it's coming to either ps plus extra or game pass outside of that though i i know that i'm probably overlooking some things i'm probably there's probably some other materials some other games that were kind of reveal revealed um but overall my final thoughts on gamescom was that it was pretty underwhelming Personally, that I thought it was not, not only underwhelming, which is not necessarily anything new, considering that, like I mentioned before, we are still technically on a pandemic. Things are still going to get delayed. Uh, certain games that were probably going to be shown here at Gamescom didn't make the cut because the developers are still working on that, and they'd rather be working rather than to crunch for something that's going to be at Gamescom and, and probably going to be criticized for a little while, so they're probably just focusing on all that stuff. That's fine. But what is kind of not fine and maybe needs to be taken a look back at is also an awful lot of the fucking filler. And this show probably should have been an hour to an hour and a half. Two hours is kind of digestible. It did go by quickly, but I think one of the factors that helped that out was that I was watching it through uh, one of of the streamers that I watched through history. And if it wasn't for that it would have made some of the filler moments and also very awkward moments all the more cringe. Like, there were some times in th- in this show where, like I said, there were some fillers for, like, most anticipated Xbox game, most anticipated PlayStation game, and I'm like, why the fuck are we awarding these things now at the Gamescom? I'm sorry. It's, it just feels very self-patting on, uh, patting on the back type thing. Self-congratulatory is what I'm trying to say. And then on top of that, like I said, some awkward moments that I'm like, what the hell is going on? Some moments where 
uh, Jeff Keighley looked like he was losing his steam and the crowd was kind of working against him. There were, like, there were some moments where the reveals were just not up to snuff the way that Jeff was talking about him. And because of that, he kept doing this routine where he kept asking the audience, you guys remember blank? And there were a couple of times in the last hour where he would do that and there were crickets. There were crickets. Nobody was responding. No one. And I was like, yo, how did that happen? Like the, the audience audience is turning on Jeff and the streamer that I was watching, like people in the chat and the streamer himself, they were laughing like at Jeff, like, yeah, this shit needed to be cut. Like that that joke or whatever. I don't know who told you in rehearsal that that worked, but it didn't. And I'm hoping that maybe he watches some of those dailies and goes back and fine tunes some things, hopefully in in favor of the running time for the Game Awards come in December because, yeah, there were some things that just did not work for, for the Gamescom overall. You know, some things were expected, like the lack of gut-punching reveals. Some things did work in, in its favor as far as showcasing a good Sonic Frontiers trailer, um, a good Gotham Knights trailer, but overall... Nothing that we didn't already know. And there was going to be a couple of other stories that I wanted to somewhat squeeze into the Google Doc uh, that kind of broke at the last second, but they also managed to break when I was not feeling all too well. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and punt them off to next week. I know they're going to be a little bit old by then, but at the same time, we just had a Gamescom, so it's a good chance that the gaming industry is going to be a little quiet. And yes, I understand that there was also a reveal for a new PlayStation controller called the PlayStation Edge or DualSense Edge, which is kind of their equivalent to the Elite controller uh, from Xbox. That's pretty much what that is. I mean, I, there's not much more that I can really divulge because they literally just had a little, you know, quick CG look at the controller and hints of what it could be. But to be honest, if I'm going to talk about the controller, I'm going to wait for legitimate specs to be revealed. Uh, I mean, there was barely anything that I could really chew on with that one. So, because of that stuff and because of also, like I said, I, I've been sick and I kind of wanted to keep this episode short anyway, I'm going to go ahead and sign it off here, leave some of those topics for next week's episode, and thank you guys for listening. Of course, if you guys want to keep in touch outside of my podcast or the niche channel you guys can add me on twitter and on instagram at dark spider david all one word or you can simply click on the links in the description check out the website check out the niche channel or the spider-man batman channel there huge stuff coming from mcfarland so i'm personally kind of stoked to cover some of that stuff and i'm hoping you guys will be in for the ride otherwise guys gonna go ahead and uh get myself a lozenge <laughs> or something to just kind of help speed things along here uh, in the meantime though take care of your guys' selves stay healthy and stay humble peace <laughs>